welcome back to The Catch. My name is Michael Adams. I'm joined today by my new co-host, David McCormick. David, how's it going? Good, Michael. Thanks again for having me on. Happy to be here. Of course, yeah. As you guys might remember, John Hemi is taking a small step back from the podcast as he enters seminary. And I did announce that we'd be having some special announcements coming on. And here is the special announcement. David is going to be joining us on the podcast now. So we're super excited to have him. This has been a money move that we've been wanting to make for multiple months now. So we're excited to make it official. And here he is, podcast one. How's it feel? You know, Michael, it feels pretty good. Um, I'm just happy. I've been coming after John's position for a while now. You know, so it really feels good to uh, finally get over that hump. Yeah, we, we finally had money to be able to pick up your contract, you know. Your lawyers were really bugging us for a while. We, we just couldn't make it work. But, you know, John took a pay cut now that he's entering seminary. So, you know, it, it really boosted our capital, boosted our cap. So we can, we, we can, we can board you then. We all have to make sacrifices sometimes. (laughs) Exactly. Thank you, John. We appreciate it. Um, Yeah, but Dave, I know we were just talking before this, um, and I know usually we kind of give people a little bit of an update on our lives and a little bit of banter maybe, but uh, in lieu of that today, just honestly, I wanted to give thanks and praise to all the listeners. Um, This week, we reached a thousand streams, which honestly is huge to us, huge to myself. I'm very thankful for everyone listening to it, and especially this past week with the uh, Blessed Pierre Giorgio podcast. I think we have over 200 listens already, um, which is just blowing all of my expectations out of the water. So really just shout out to the fans, shout out to those who are listening. Um, I know myself, I appreciate it, but I also know David appreciates it. He's part of the team now and John does as well. Um, but yeah, I just wanted to say thanks and praise to everyone. We couldn't be here without you guys. Yeah, shout out everyone. Um, I'm just happy to hop on and Honestly, Michael, you and John have just done some really great work, um, and it's just been a joy to be able to listen to this podcast, especially over like the summer months as well. Hey, we appreciate that. Hopefully, uh, everyone else is feeling the same. We're, we're glad to have you. Um, but with that, yeah, I just might as well just dive straight into the topic. This is a topic that's been hitting on me for, honestly, the past four years of my life. Um, I, you know, I had a big coming of faith when I entered my freshman year of uh, college towards the end of it, and one of the things that really always bothered me during that transition as I was talking to these people who are very established in their faith. And here I was kind of teaching myself how to pray again after I had taken a little bit of a step back from it. Um, and they'd always be like, man, just God is just speaking to me right now. I just hear him so vividly in my head when I go to prayer and I would sit there and say, Oh, what the heck am I doing wrong? Cause I don't hear anything. You know, it's pretty silent. Like it seems like it's kind of a one-sided conversation I'm pouring my heart out, and then it's just kind of like, that's it. Um, And the silence became very frustrating and overwhelming to me until I finally actually, by the grace of God, was in a Bible study that discussed it. Um, And Adam Camp, actually, of all people, was the person who brought up this topic of, you know, how to hear the voice of God and what does it mean to actually hear God? Because I think just being human, we have the idea to kind of visualize it as a physical hearing. Like if God is going to speak to me, it's going to be through voice. Like here he's going to come through the clouds echoing. I'm going to be kicked to my knees. I'm going to be just ashamed of who I am because here he is going to to be here in all of his full glory. But in reality, it's usually a lot more subtle and a lot more gentle and often is not through actual words. Um, So this is something I've struggled with for years, but you know, I'm assuming that other people have also had these thoughts and I know that silence is frustrating for everyone. I know you and I have even talked about that in prayer before, Um, but thought it'd be worthwhile to dive into it and 
just see what that means to actually look for and actually hear, discern the voice of God. Yeah, Michael, I completely agree. Like, especially, it's funny you brought it up now, um, with a lot of my friends who are in their senior year of college and are discerning, you know, what the future means. I've been doing a bit of that as well. And I've also been very frustrated at times. Like, well, you know, I've been praying and a lot of times trying to like force prayer and like, I can't hear anything. And same thing, sometimes you hear some other people and like, good for them for their prayer lives, but they're like, oh, I hear everything super clearly. I know the path that I'm on. And yeah, sometimes I've just kind of felt um, a little discouraged by that, that, well, I can't necessarily hear that voice. And what am I doing wrong? And I always see, I was more of like a burning bush type of guy, like God's going to come to me with like a burning bush and like great action. And then I'm going to hear the voice, uh, which has not yet happened. And everyone else, uh, please stay tuned. You have bushes yeah, outside your house very, though. So maybe, maybe that'll happen in the near future. We have bush outside my house, <laughs> Sing, singular bush. <laughs> yeah. But I was just kind of like very discouraged and uh, it was, I wasn't until yeah, I was talking to, you know, some of our other friends that, I started to realize that it's not always going to be like that. And like everyone like hears, you can't see me right now putting the air quotes, but everyone like hears the Lord differently. Like he speaks to everyone in different ways. And yeah, it's not normally the knock you on your knees type of thing. It's normally more subtle and still have a lot of work to do. But over the last couple of years, sometimes just being able to like perceive that and um, just know how to pick up on like, what does the Lord want me to do? Or what do I think the Lord wants me to do? No, I, I completely agree. And, you know, you and I have talked about discernment many times, whether it's like vocation or just like, should I do this job or should I do this job? Um, just in like our everyday lives. And I know discernment is something that weighs heavy on both of our hearts. And I know many people in my life struggle with it. And I want to start actually with something that I learned from a priest, because um, I actually went to a priest friend with this problem. And I was like, hey, look, why am I not hearing anything? Like, what do I need to change? I don't think I know how to pray, I guess. Like if all these people are hearing it and I'm not like, I, again, like you said, I'm probably doing something wrong. Um, I need to change something up or maybe God just doesn't want to talk to me. <laughs> you know, there's kind of both those extremes. Um, and the first thing he said is like, you know, Michael, 99% of the people that say they hear God don't physically hear him. You know, he's again, like he's not in the burning bush. He's not actually physically speaking to them in a like verbal way. Um, and oftentimes when we do think that we're hearing the verbal, it's sometimes, not always, but sometimes it's like voices that we put into our own head that we kind of want to hear, kind of like subconsciously. Um, but at the same time, our God is so real, so present, and wants to be so intimately known by us that he does speak to us. It's just in the ways that he speaks to us, that's what kind of changes person to person. Um, I know some people are spoken through like works, like somebody does something nice for them and that's kind of a way that they can encounter Christ or um, some people do it through music. You know, somebody like that certain song really speaks to their soul and inspires them and leads them into prayer. And I think the best way I've kind of thought about this idea of how to hear the voice of God is less of, it's less based on action and more based on what it, um, the fruit of it within our heart. And I think we've always heard the saying like, you know, follow the peace follow the peace. Like you follow the peace, you'll find God's will, um, which again is very, very true. But I think that's more how we can actually discern and try to listen to the voice of God is because when we're trying to make these decisions or even when we're just in prayer, certain parts of this lead us into anxiety, certain parts of it lead us into peace and tranquility. 
Um, and we know that all anxiety is of the devil. And so when we're looking for that voice of God and we're looking to hear God, we should be more looking and trying to find his peace. I, I don't know what you think about that, but that's kind of the revelation that I've been coming to over the past couple months or so. Yeah, definitely. I think there is a difference, as one of our friends told me, there's a difference between peace and relief when it comes to discernment. So I've, I've like been thinking at certain times, like, wow, well, um, if I like in between two options, one, I might feel like more relieved, but I think it's just the difference between knowing like what actually that peace might feel like. Uh, for me, the couple times where I couldn't, I really felt like, oh, I'm, I believe I'm doing the Lord's will right now. For me, it's been consistent. Um, like his will has been consistent. It's not fluctuating like my emotions, which my emotions fluctuate like a lot, especially in prayer. But his has been same thing, like consistent. It's been peaceful. And a couple times I think I've known that is when sometimes I've made, I've made a decision that I believe to be like that, what the Lord wants me to do. And in reality, it's going to create more work for me. But I felt the peace in that decision. Um, and it's, it's a hard thing right now for us just to even like talk about, you know what I mean? Like, this is not like a one size fits all. It's kind of hard to put into words, but for me, whenever I've started to think about that and think about like following the peace, I start to think about like, what is my daily life then? Like, you know, what are some tangible things that I can do? And I guess just to anyone out there thinking like, well, I am struggling to hear the Lord's voice. I don't know what he wants me to do. I think there are some easily tangible things that you can do that like you know you're not going to go wrong with so like first is reading scripture oh like, yeah that's a great, great place to start and i'm going to substitute myself because i did not do it as much as i should um there was an article if you know what the uh, babylon b is oh yes i do yeah so for those who don't it's kind of like the onion it's like satirical and i saw an article last year and it was like titled like Man is like praying to God for like the third straight hour um, to hear his voice and to hear his words while Bible sits five feet away on table. Uh, <laughs> so the entire article is basically talking about like this man is praying so hard to hear like the word of God and his Bible has been sitting five feet away from this whole time. But that's a great place to start. Um, just reading scripture, um, even if it's only a couple of verses and just sitting with it. Um, that's always been just a great place to start. And then also just consistent prayer, uh, spending time with the Lord, listening, being open. I know I'm definitely guilty of if I want to hear his voice or I am unsure of what to do, I will go into prayer and I will just like throw out all of my list of demands. Like, this is what I'm feeling nervous because of this. What do I do here? I'm yeah. also feeling nervous about this. Can you do this? And then I'll be in silence for about 30 seconds. I'll be like, oh, well, this was a waste of time yeah. versus taking that time, you know, really just quieting our hearts. And by that, you can, you have more of an idea of what he might want you to do is when you have that silence and you kind of give him that space to work. Yeah. It's less of like, you know, here's the great God of like the vending machine of God where I want this, this, and this, and I don't want that, but I still want that. And you kind of pick and choose what you want and what you don't want, um, which is very dangerous manipulative kind of mindset towards that relationship but david like always you are two steps ahead of me um and again i, I want to go straight into that scripture idea because again we can hear the voice of god we, we just kind of said that you know it might not be a physical voice but we can hear it in different ways and it's you know how do we hear it and like you know 
there are practical steps we can take. So what are those? Um, and the first one I really have is to prepare to hear him, which is kind of a weird one. Um, that doesn't really make sense just like on its own. So I'll explain it a little bit more. Um, like if you're going to go to a friend's house to hang out, like you have to prepare to go there. You have to get dressed. You have to get in your car. You have to drive over there. Um, you might have stuff that you already want to talk to them about. You might be going to have a discussion or you might, maybe you'll bring a snack over something like that. It's the same way as like when we go to God, like we have to be prepared to actually sit down and listen and hear him. You know, if we go to prayer and we're like, God, these are my demands and that's it. Like, what do you have to say about that? Are we really giving him opportunity to speak to us? Or are we really just going there as a kind of a way to vent? Um, and likewise, how can we prepare to hear him? is first and foremost, I think through, through actual silence, as uncomfortable as it is. Um, I think my first five minutes I spend in prayer are usually my more like emotionally unbalanced minutes because those first five minutes is like where everything's rising to the top and it's like, here's all the things I want to bring to you. Um, and like taking five minutes of just silence and just saying, okay, yep, those are the emotions. I'm gonna set those aside. I'm gonna set those at the foot of the cross. And I trust you to take care of those. Now here I want to spend quality time with you. Um, and so first, I think it just starts with preparing to actually spend quality time rather than this um, using kind of manipulative time that we sometimes get into. Um, and that's not saying that we have bad intentions, but it's, it has to be like a change of mindset. Do you know what I'm trying to say there? Yeah, absolutely. Cool. Um, but again, like, yeah, it goes back to silence and... Um, Really, after silence, I think the best way we can, if we have no frame point of starting, is scripture, like you said. And I'm a huge Lexio Divina fan. I've been on a huge kick of it the past five months of quarantine. Um, I highly recommend to everyone. Um, and that is probably my number one recommendation to people who, if they want to have encounters with Christ, try to hear his voice. It's a very great way to get to know scripture, and it's a great way to come face to face with Christ. Um, but kind of to emphasize the importance of scripture, because I know myself, I've struggled with scripture many times. I know you have as well, just from our conversations. I know many people in my life do, because it seems kind of outdated at times. Um, it doesn't seem like it was written for us at times. Um, and even just sometimes it's boring because I don't like to read, <laughs> just in general. It's nothing to get to scripture. I, I'm not a fan of reading. Um, but I actually took this straight from the catechism. And it is, in order to reveal himself to men, on the condescension of his goodness, God speaks to them in human words. Um, and then it actually likens scripture to the way that God became man. Um, and he says, words of God become words of man, just as God became man. So just processing that. No, as you know, I, it took me a very long time too. Um, but just words of God become words of man, just as God became man. And he does this again to reveal himself to us and so that we may know him more intimately. And that way we actually may hear his voice as we're discussing this entire time. Yeah, definitely. And Michael, this just kind of popped in my head, but I think, I think another thing too is I think a lot of times it's the attitude that we come into those moments with. So I fall into thinking, well, the Lord has a plan for my life, but he's like hiding it from me and I need to like earn it. I need to like earn him revealing it to me. Um, but just this past week, I was just spending some time in prayer and I was just thinking that we have right free will, right? And we, we have a desire 
hopefully like to love and serve the Lord. And we, and that's why we want to know because he knows our heart better than we do. But I feel like sometimes I and a couple of our, like a couple of our other friends, we can kind of let our decision become our identity. If that makes sense. Mm-hmm. That it's helped me to approach that prayer. Right. And even just reading scripture, just me like, the Lord loves me, right? And we have that confidence. We can approach him with that boldness and that confidence that he loves me. And regardless of the decision that I make, he's still going to love me. That's not going to change. Mm-hmm. And I want to know his will for my life because he loves us so much and he died for us. And for me, that's just been very freeing. A lot of times I feel like I'm in a box when I have to make a decision or I'm trying to like discern his will or I try to put like, or try to put like the Lord in a box. Like this is the only way they can operate to actually yeah. come in with like the, um, just like the mindset to be like, you know, I'm free to make this decision and the Lord is going to love me either way. And because of that, I want to know what he desires for me. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And again, we go back to like, how do we know what he's desiring of us? And it goes back to the same idea of scripture in order to reveal himself to man, he becomes man. Um, yeah if we want to have our own identity revealed to us, we first need to actually go and find the identity of our Lord. Um, this is something that I've really been fighting is I can't know myself until I first know my creator. You know, if you look at any like toy or anything, just for example, it's like, yeah, I can see this toy, but like, I can't really understand how this toy is made. Like the really intricacies, the intricacies of it. And you know, what makes it special until I know who made it and how they made it. Um, and it's the same ways. I can't really know myself and truly love myself and make great decisions always when I don't know my father well enough. Um, and that's the same way of like motivation to go back to scripture and just knowing the more that we spend time with us, the more that we spend time actually in deep, like contemplative meditative prayer, the more that his identity is revealed to us, the easier it will be for us to hear him and the easier it'll be for us to actually act on his will because we'll be, more knowledgeable of just who we are and what that means as sons and daughters of God. Yeah. I think of it a little bit as obviously not a perfect comparison, but when you start to, well, when you start to know someone a lot better, right. And you can kind of like quick, you kind of like click like quicker. I kind of think that as like, if you're spending that time with the Lord, right. And you're starting to get to know him and like what, he desires, right? And get getting to know who he is. And then because of that, as you said, getting to know who we are, it's almost like when you are really close to the friend and like, you know, that like, you know, that they only want what's best for you. Right. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of times when you're talking to them, it's very easy to take their advice. Right. Cause you know that they're not going to lead you astray. Right? You have like, you have that trust with them. Yeah. And a lot of times that's kind of sometimes how I can equate it to, but a lot of times if I'm not putting in, time right like i'm not receiving the sacraments or i'm not praying consistently or honestly i'm just not making the lord the most important part of my life then i notice that that trust kind of starts to go away i mm-hmm. am not desiring i'm not looking to get to know him better and because of that i have way less confidence in any decision you know that i'm going to make honestly i kind of think of it as in like the five love languages have you ever taken that test to find out what your love languages are yes i have what what is yours um, I've taken it like twice. I don't remember the exact results, but this summer I learned I'm a words of affirmation. Uh, cause quick tangent, I went, I was babysitting this summer and it was like a new family. They were like both parents were U of I alums. 
and they would never like tell me to like improve anything or if I was doing a good job and it absolutely drove me nuts this is a complete dark. Energy, but absolutely dro- drove me nuts to be like I'm like it's been like three weeks affirm me I need to know I'm doing a good job or you know I'm not doing a good job like they could think I'm doing a terrible job but maybe they're too polite to say and on the last day after like months it turns out that they were doing a good job but I had learned that about myself that like wow I actually do need to be affirmed and I think mm-hmm. that's most likely my love yeah, it's it's one of my bigger ones too that I did not really expect to be, and I also didn't really want it to be. Um, but it is. Um, but I think of this with like God, and like we can think of like bad example. Like everyone has a love language, which means they like, okay, what are God's love languages? And I imagine his number one is quality time. I imagine the best way that you can love God, and yes, it can be through actions and through works, but I feel like number one for him is quality time. Just to be there with him. And I know we've talked about like the transfer transformation that can occur in like adoration or like daily sacraments, those kinds of things. Um, but it's the motivation for us to actually spend quality time with him and spend silent time with him, allowing him to speak to us and move our hearts, not trying to fill the silence because we're uncomfortable. Um, and I think it goes into with, again, with scripture and Lexio. And the reason that I really love Lexio so much is because the process of Lexio, the motivation of it is that it leads you into an encounter with God. Um, you know, you start with Lexio and you're preparing to kind of read scripture, you know, like praying that God would reveal himself, reveal his word. Um, and specifically to the Holy Spirit, um, as the Holy Spirit is the interpreter of scripture. So if you're really struggling understanding scripture, make sure you include the Holy Spirit. Helps a ton. Um, but then you encounter scripture. You're reading it slowly. You're kind of piecing it, digging, digging into it piece by piece. Um, and then after you read it a couple of times, oftentimes a very common practice of Lexio is that you actually place yourself into the scene. Um, and it, this is very helpful with like gospels. Um, it's like, I think of like when Jesus is in the agony of the garden, that's one of my favorite ones to do. Um, and at the end of this time, you come into an encounter face to face with Jesus and scripture is over. There's no more reading. It's just you looking into Jesus' eyes and what you're supposed to do after that is not fill that silence with just, Oh, Hey Lord, like here is everything I want to give to you. I want to say to you, your entire purpose is you are silent now and you are receiving Christ, whatever he wants to say, whatever he wants to fill. Um, and this idea of like what kind of state we're striving to reach is this idea of contemplative prayer um, where you're not really speaking, you're not really doing anything, but you're more aware and you are knowledgeable of the presence and the influx of love and mercy and peace between Christ to you. And I think Lexio is such a great tool for everyone who's struggling to hear this because it really hits all of these pillars that we're talking about. Um, you get silence at the end. Um, you get a face-to-face encounter with Christ and that gives you your quality time. And lastly, you're getting scripture, which is God's word revealed to man through men. Um, and so really right there, you're getting those three big pillars that we discussed about earlier. Um, and yeah, I, again, cannot be a bigger advocate of it, but just this idea of coming face to face with the Lord, if we're struggling to actually spend quality time with him, finding new ways to spend time with him is so important. And there are going to be things that work and things that don't work. Lexio is not great for everyone. It's great for me, not everyone. Um, but just trying different ways of coming to the father and seeing what works and what doesn't works 
it's so important just to actually spend that time first and foremost, no matter how it's spent, whether it's you read for 30 minutes or you're silent for 30 minutes or you're just talking, just you can't expect to grow in intimacy with someone without actually being there. Yeah, definitely. I think Lexio is so important in that sense, kind of what you're saying to be able to enter and contemplate a prayer to know that really any time that you spend with the Lord, whether it's Lexio, maybe that doesn't work out great for you or like you want to do something else, but like that time is very meaningful and that is like the best way that you can spend your time. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times, a lot of times we get kind of get caught up with, Oh, well, I really, really want to spend time with the Lord because I feel like I need to, I want to get to know him and I feel like I need to figure things out, but I'm so busy right now. Um, that like, I think it just kind of be a waste of time. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I, I ventured that a lot, especially you have like that efficient mindset. Yeah. Um, but just, just, just to know that I think kind of what you and I are alluding to is that the more time you spend with the Lord, the better you get to know him, the better you get to know yourself in return, right? Like it's mm-hmm. in giving that we receive. And I would say the like showing of someone who, can hear the voice of God or knows how to make decisions is someone who knows themselves as well. Yeah. And That's by like, by giving that, by spending that time with the Lord and just like freely, get, freely giving it up and receiving and that we start to know ourselves because I mean, Jesus went through like life on earth, right? He lived, he was hundred percent man, also hundred percent divine. Right. So he went through a lot of things that we're going through and like, Oh, there's no way he can relate. But sometimes by entering Alexio to be like, okay, actually, no, he actually did talk about this. Um, my one of my roommates and I, we always kind of say sarcastically if we're ever talking about scripture, because all of it's so applicable today. Where I was like, oh yeah, but you know, it was written so long ago. None of it's actually applicable today. <laughs> um, we actually did it this morning. We were talking about like chores and stuff in the house, and he brought up a passage of scripture. I'm not exactly where it is, but about like, um, like loving like does not keep score. And he's like, but it's okay because scripture is super outdated and none of it's applicable today. Um, and yeah, I just think it's just so important. And by doing that, by getting to know him, like our prayers are going to be answered, whether it's the, whether it's like the answer that we are looking for or not, yeah. like it's all going to happen in time. That's a very important distinction too with that. It's, it could be one thing, could be the other. Um, yeah. And really the last point I want to get to on this is just, back to that first point I make about what does it mean to encounter God? Um, It's, it's not the burning bush. It's not him coming down on the cloud yelling at you. Um, If if you read about a lot of the saints, um, this is a book I actually read. I believe the title is something on fire. Can't really remember, honestly, but um, Oh, the fire within by Thomas Dubé. Got it. Nice. Hey, proud of you. But what he discusses with these ideas of having true encounters of God, because God is not human, you know, he's not man, he is divine. And so we can't put God into this bubble of he is going to communicate with me and love me in human ways. Like we, we tend to put God in this bubble of we need to encounter him and love him and be loved by him in the same way that we are maybe encountered and loved by a spouse. Now, there are similarities in love, um, and you can experience Christ's love through other human persons, but when we put God into this box, we're limiting him. You know, a true encounter is truly actually senseless. 
the feeling is senseless. There's the voices are senseless. Um, there's nothing really going on. It's just a greater knowledge of the presence and you understand that he's there, but it's not necessarily that you are just like on fire or that you are crying in just uncontrollably sobbing. Um, and I think sometimes with this idea of hearing the voice of God and we hear others say where they hear the voice of the God. And I know you, this is a point that you wanted to bring up today is we, we tend to go back on ourselves. You know, it's working for them. Why isn't it working for me? Um, what do I need to do better? And this idea of a true encounter of God is senseless. It's silent. It's meditative. It's contemplative. It takes the pressure off of ourselves. We don't need to go fight, like get into a fist fight to try and hear God's voice. All we have to do is sit down, silence our hearts, silence our phones for sure. Um, and just be present with the Lord. And again, that encounter is going to look very different for everyone, but we can't just disqualify an encounter because it wasn't what we wanted it to be. We might want the encounter that the great saints of the past have had. Like we might want the encounter that St. Francis of Assisi had just because we don't get it doesn't mean we're any less holy or that we're any less of a human or that we're even any less loved by God. It's just, we are different individuals and God's going to communicate to us in a very different way than he's going to communicate with anyone else. I'm convinced you're looking at my notes because I had, uh, don't, you said bubble, but I said box about not putting Ah. him in a box. Yeah. Very close. No, I, I a hundred percent agree. I think a lot of times we have this expectations of like, um, the Lord can only speak or connect with me when I am praying in the chapel from this time or when I'm doing this, when reality, exactly as you said, it's, it's senseless, right? Like it can happen at any time. And we need to stay focused on being open. I mean, how many times have you had an interaction or like an experience with God where you like, we're not expecting it's happened to me all the time where I'll be with my family or even like, I'll be in class or just stuff where like, I am not expecting it. And honestly, like my mind is not focused on the Lord at all. I'm focused on something else. And a lot of times you just like, you'll have an encounter, right? It's going to happen in different ways. It's not always going to happen while we're reading scripture or while we're in the chapel. Like it can, he can work through other people. I mean, as um, I think I said like last time, I'm like, I'm a special education major. A lot of times I, feel like I can really connect with the Lord like through my students or if I'm like coaching special Olympics, like that actually like kind of moves my heart um, when I'm helping them. And a lot of times I see his love through some of my students or through some of like the athletes on our special Olympics team. And it's not ways that I was ever expecting to encounter him. But initially I was very, especially in high school, I was very, very quick to be like, Oh, that's not how that works. Shut it out really quickly. Um, and I would hope as I've grown in maturity to, just, just to be open to it, um, to know that it's not always going to look the same and that I might not have the same encounter as you or some of the saints or John. And yeah, just not to compare in that sense. Yeah. Comparison is the thief of joy, David. Uh, I was just about to say that. Ah, too, too bad. I beat you to it. I just actually had somebody sneak into your room before we podcasted, take a picture of your notes and send them to me just so I could be one up on, on you. Well, kudos for you for being able to read my handwriting. It's tough. <laughs> it's real impressive. <laughs> Maybe that's why you said bubble. Box yeah, like bubble. exactly. It was just the X's and the B's. You get them confused. It's okay. 
<laughs> um, but yeah, that's all I got, David. Do you got anything else? Um, I don't think so. Um, yeah, I would just say um, everyone's different, and I just being open is, I'd say, one of the most important stuff. And just be, yeah, consistent prayer and reading scripture. You can never really go wrong with those. True. And also, um, Michael is a big proponent of Lexio Divina because the first time I ever heard of it was my freshman year in your Bible study because oh, wow. you gave us all a little piece of paper that's actually still in my Bible and you made us go do it for 30 minutes. And I was like, why are we doing this? I can actually remember that. Um, I probably should have handled that differently than I did at the time. Um, praise God, it didn't scandalize you or lead you away from the faith. <laughs> only a little bit. <laughs> only a little bit, only like temporarily. Um, but yeah, Dave, that's a good point. If anyone does have questions about Lexio, um, you don't know where to start, or even you just don't even know what scripture to read and do Lexio with, feel free to reach out to us. Um, Dave and I would love to help in any possible way. There's also resources on our website. Um, and lastly, you know, if you don't know what to read, start with the Gospels. Every single day, there's a new Gospel given to you to do. Um, that's what I've been doing recently, and I found it to be very worthwhile. Um, so yeah, if, if you're really unsure, you don't want to reach out to David and I because you don't trust us, Go with, daily, go with the daily readings. They'll, they'll never do you wrong. Um, but yeah, David, podcast number one in the books. Woo-woo. It was a wild ride, but we got here. <laughs> um, but yeah, thank you guys for joining. We will see you guys next week. Um, if you have any questions, concerns, comments, praises, criticisms, feel free to email us at thecatchcc at gmail.com. But sayonara, everyone. Adios. Au revoir.